Father, you're awesome. Thank you for allowing us to see a new day, a day that we never saw before, and a day that we will never see again. For that, God, we simply say thank you. Worship has gone forth, which is just saying, God, we recognize that you are a jealous God and nobody deserves to be worshiped besides you. And so, God, worship is the red carpet saying, God, come into this house, get yourself some glory. Just like I prayed in private, I also declare in public all of the study means absolutely nothing if you are magnified and glorified. We're asking God that you anoint me in this moment as your oracle, supernatural power to deliver what you placed on my heart so that it could touch the hearts of your people. Use me as a soundtrack of heaven. And everybody who agrees to that prayer would just shout all over the room, amen. amen. Can I be transparent just for a moment? I have a personal pet peeve. Everybody has different pet peeves, but I have one. And don't judge me, I can feel it already. <laughs> My personal pet peeve is I really don't like when people drive slow. <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody had a hand raise, thank you. Not, because I recognize not only can driving fast cause accidents, you can also cause accidents by driving too slow. Okay? So this, this is what personally bothers me. There was this one particular time I was on the highway, and I noticed that this car was trying to get over. And other cars weren't letting this car get over. And trying to be the kingdom man that I am, I said, well, let me let them over. It looks like they're trying to exit. And to my agitation <laughs> and irritation, I let them get over, but they didn't get over to exit. They got over to drive slow. So now their pace is affecting my pace. Y'all missed it. I'm the one that allowed them to get in front of me. I'm not saying you have to break the law, but if the speed limit is 65, why are we going 40? And I can't get over because all these cars vassing me up, those sound effects though. Cars coming behind me blowing the horn like it's my fault. And this car in front of me is just driving. So unless you're elderly or, or learning how to drive, I'm back there agitated and irritated. Does that bother anybody else? Anybody? Okay, thank you. I'm not the only one. So this is what I need all of us to do. Keep that same energy when somebody is getting in front of you and slowing down your spiritual development. Come here. Keep that same energy when somebody's cutting off your prayer life. Keep that same energy when somebody's cutting off your purity. Keep that same energy. Because just like naturally you don't like people cutting you off, why do you tolerate it spiritually? Church family, please hear me. In this season of our life, your study and applied revelation is going to be your weapon. The same Bible that says pray is the same Bible that says study. Not just me as a pastor, not just me as a shepherd, you're supposed to study too. The same Bible that says pray is the same Bible that tells you to study. Your study and applied revelation. Somebody say applied. Because it's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. Your study and your applied revelation is going to be your weapon in this season because confusion is so high. Yeah. 
Therefore, your biblical intelligence, hear me, your biblical intelligence and your ability to properly exegete scripture will always confuse those and frustrate those who can't run game on you. Did y'all hear what I just said? The only reason false teachers have audiences is because the students don't study. That's not the Bible. Where did you get that from? It sounds good, but it's not sound or good. And I just have a sneaky suspicion that many of us, somebody under the sound of my voice in the sacred sanctuary overflow or watching online, you are one revelation away from unlocking a door that has been bolted in your, in your bloodline for generations. Who am I talking to? Somebody. You are one. Somebody say one. One revelation away from unlocking what has been locked up in your bloodline for generations. And I just believe that this revelation that's going to go forth on today is going to cause for somebody to get free because revelation affects your decisions. If I have the revelation that that's hot, I'm going to make a decision to not touch it. Revelation affects your decision. Therefore, you know you have arrived to a place of spiritual maturity and mental sobriety when you consider this first. Every decision has a harvest tied to it. If I was a note taker, I'd write that down. Every decision has a harvest tied to it. Therefore, let's start doing some math. Before I make this decision, what harvest is going to come from it? And do I want the harvest that's going to come from this decision? Amen. And I want to be obedient on this afternoon and preach what God placed on my heart. And some people won't like it, and that's okay. I don't preach for likes. I preach out of obedience. Amen. So there's a level of freedom I could walk in each and every week when I preach because I'm preaching out of obedience, not trying to grow a platform. See, never let somebody talk you out of what God talked you into. Better yet, never let somebody cause you to disobey when they don't have to deal with the consequence of your disobedience. What God has placed on my heart to speak about today, some of us are not going to like it and it's okay. But I just believe it would be pastorally unfair. Gender bias. Low-key ministerial inequity to dedicate a whole segment in this series to men. Last week when we dealt with firemen, part four, if you have not listened to it, please do. Amen. It would be pastorally unfair to have a whole conversation in this firefighter series dedicated to men, but then not also dedicate a segment in this sermon series dealing with the helpers, dealing with the radiant, the beautiful, the flawlessly manufactured, the favor factor in covenant, the ones who work is more than rubies, the favor factor. Please hear me. A very popular scripture. I have to get us to get this. I'm going to speak just like I'm talking to Melody. That's my daughter, if you don't know. I'm going to be conversing to my sisters just like I would have a conversation with my daughter. Because there is a very popular scripture in Christendom, Proverbs 18, verse 22, 
where the text tells us that he who finds a wife finds a good thing, don't stop there, and obtains favor from the Lord. Okay, the text did not say he who finds a woman. It says he who finds a wife. Which leads me to understand that you're a wife before you're a wife. You're the bride of Christ before you're ever another man's wife. And when you find a godly woman, when you find a virtuous woman, her attachment is favor. I was trying to get us to understand this two years ago in cupping season when I tried to preach this message entitled, um, Do You Really Want to Become One With That? Because I was trying to get us to understand you don't just get people, you get their attachments. He could be fine, but attached to a storm. She could be fine, but attached to trauma. You don't just get the person, you get their patterns. And I stand before you fully convinced. I don't need anybody to convince me of this. I stand before you today as a husband fully convinced that a lot of the favor that I've experienced in my life is due to the presence of Mrs. Flowers. When I saw her back in 2011 and God opened my eyes, that's wifey material. <laughs> and I made her my wife in 2012. By default, I obtained favor because God is like, if you're going to take my daughter, I need you to understand, I'm going to bless you because I'm blessed to have her too. And since you're taking care of her, all of the attachments she have, you're going to get too. So your house, Jerry, has obtained favor. Your ministry, Jerry, has obtained favor. Your endeavors, Jerry, has obtained favor. Not just because of my grace, but also because of my daughter. <laughs> can I get every woman in the house to say this as loud as you can? I'm pre-wired. Pre with, with favor to get me, to get me. Is, to get is to get favor now I need us to say it one more time for the woman who's battling suicidal thoughts one more time for the woman who looks in the mirror and does not like what she sees one more time for the woman who doubts and views her past as her future she's allowed her past to be her prophet and I want to break that can I get all ladies in the house to say I'm pre-wired pre with favor to get, me to get me is to get favor. <laughs> brothers, y'all listen, we're going to come. I promise you, some parts of this sermon, the brother's going to be like, amen. <laughs> then the other parts of the sermon, the sister's going to be like, amen. <laughs> Let's speak around this thought from this subject. This girl is on fire. <laughs> if we could deal with fire men, it would be pastorally unfair to not deal with the power of a woman who is virtuous, the power of a woman who is on fire. And I taught us in part one of this series, what does it mean to be on fire? It's when you pursue the things of God, love the things of God, repent from what's not like God, and in all your ways you strive to represent the kingdom of God. That's how you know that you are on fire. Church family, there is this kingdom ethic 
this, this kingdom exclusive, if you will, meaning this is exclusively for those who reside in the kingdom. You're not going to get this without being a Christ follower. Enough with us wanting the king stuff, but not wanting to surrender to the king's word. Okay. There is this kingdom ethic, this, this kingdom exclusive, that I really don't think we understand the power of it. Because if we understood the power of it, we would desire it more than we desire more views. We would desire it more than we desire more followers. Ooh, let me mess you up. We would desire it more than we desire more wealth. Because this kingdom exclusive can get you things your grind can't. This kingdom exclusive can give you things your hustling can't. If we really understood the power of this kingdom exclusive, we would desire it more than we desire what culture labels as a win. Can we talk? Yes. It's possible for you to win in the natural, but be losing in the spiritual. More notoriety, more access, more wealth, more followers. You just bought your second house, your beach home, California king-size bed, but when you try to take a nap, the nap won't take you. Talk. The sleep aid isn't working. Xanax isn't working. Z-Quill isn't working. In fact, some of us, next time a toxic ex like sends you a text, I miss you, I, I, you know, I just can't sleep right now, you are my peace, you should respond, okay, read Isaiah 57, <laughs> verses 20 and 21, there's no rest for the wicked. <laughs> I'm in the Bible, that's what, it, that's what it says, Isaiah 57, verse 20 and 21, but the wicked are like the tossing sea, which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. There is no peace, says my God. <laughs> Somebody really going to do it. Don't tag me. <laughs> no peace for the wicked. If we really understood this kingdom exclusive, I believe more godly men would desire godly marriages. If we really understood, like for real, I believe more kingdom men would desire kingdom marriages and less men would want to normalize living with her without being married to her. Well, I just, I ain't ready for all that. Just, just let me move in, girl. You know what I'm saying? I, I can sign on your lease. You feel me? Let me just move in. I'm not a woman, but if I was, I would be like, where you live at? If you homeless, just say that. <laughs> this, this kingdom exclusive, if we really understood it, sisters would stop feeling as though the presence of a man in your life calls for your value to increase. You are the favorite factor. This kingdom exclusive is called favor. I don't think we understand it. I think we shouted about it. I think we've heard it mentioned, but I don't think we really understand what it feels like to walk in the favor of God and experience the favor of God. Let me give you a definition. Favor is when God's hand of special preferential treatment 
and supernatural grace becomes your usher and your security. Let's write that down. What is favor? It is when God's hand of special, that means what he's doing in your life just is different. What he's doing in this church, it's just different. What he's doing in your business, it's just different. You could be in the same market, but yours is just different. It's God's hand of special preferential treatment and supernatural grace. You're just grace to do it. You make it look easy when it's really difficult. <laughs> Becomes your usher and your security. And I don't believe there's anybody, a biblical candidate, that could better corroborate what I'm attempting to articulate like the notorious Queen Esther. So let's, let's just look at this biblical narrative for a second, and we're going to learn something about favor's personality, okay? Esther chapter 2, verse 8. If you're there, shout, I'm there. I'm there. It says, when the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many girls, somebody say many. many. Okay, so that means there was more than one. Many girls were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Hegai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Hegai, who had charge of the harem. Watch this. The girl pleased him and won his favor. The girl pleased him and won his favor. The repetition is on purpose. The girl pleased him and won his favor. Please hear me. Favor is always prophetic. Let me help somebody who battles with arrogance. Whenever God favors you, it's not about you. God never favors a person for a person. He always favors that person for a people. The reason Esther had to have this favor is so that she could have access to the ear of King Xerxes and inform him about a plan that Haman was having to try to kill all of the Jews. Who is that? That's God's chosen people. So her favor was about her being in position to save God's people. So we can understand this a little more. Let's do a little hopscotch. Esther chapter 4, verse 14. It says, this is Mordecai, her cousin, speaking to Esther. He says, okay, listen. For if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai was saying, okay, listen, you don't have to say nothing. If you don't, God's going to deliver his people from another source. God's going to get the glory anyway. But you and your kinfolk and me, all of us are going to die. Perhaps the reason you've been favored for this position was for a time such as this. When God favors you, he's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about generations. So you should never, oh, God just favors me. Yeah, God just blesses me. It's never about you. Your increase is never about you. Your wealth is never about you. Your gain is never about you. God gives you favor to fix, not flex. Okay. Esther chapter 2, verse 8, let's, verse 9, let's continue. It says, the girl pleased him and won his favor immediately. He provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. 
he assigned her not one, not two, seven maids, selected not from the hood, but from the king's palace, and moved her and her maids not to the projects, but into the best place in harem. Okay, so we can learn three things about favor from just this biblical text alone. Y'all ready for it? Number one, favor on us pleases or threatens those over us. Favor on us pleases or threatens. Come here, David. Your favor is a threat to King Saul. That's why he's trying to kill you. Come here, Joseph. Your favor is a threat to your brothers. That's why they sold you into slavery. Favor on us pleases or threatens those who are in authority or over us. Hear me, church family. Favor will have you be noticed when you're not even trying to be noticed. (laughs) Favor. Favor knows how to market you more than your podcast ever will, more than your ads ever will. I'm going to say it how I grew up here in the church mother's And the church elders used to say this statement when I was growing up in children's church and vacation Bible school. They would say, baby, favor ain't fair. (laughs) Because when favor is involved, somewhere and somehow, your name will come across the desk of a CEO. Favor. When favor is involved, four other people could have turned in the application first. But the realtor went over yours first because Favor is involved. And here's the crazy thing about favor. You will be just as confused as everybody else. How did you get the position? How did you get on the Bible app? How did you get here? How did you get that marketing deal? We're spending thousands of dollars for marketing. How did they notice you? How did you get on that stage? How did you get that position? And you'll be telling them, I don't know if you find out, tell me. I don't know why they hired me. Because favor has a way of getting off the top shelf what everybody's reaching for, but they're not favored for. And hear me, that's one quality of the virtuous woman. The woman who is on fire, loves the things of God, pursues the things of God, repents, meaning to turn away, not apologize. You could be snotting and crying and not repent. Turn away means I changed my mind. Jesus, you're better than this. Everything I need is caught up in the resurrected Savior. That's that's repentance. She is on fire. The second thing we could learn from this biblical narrative is favor provides. Look at the text. Verse 9. He provided her with beauty treatment and not just food. Only a few people said it's special. Just, could y'all just imagine? Women, y'all know how y'all are. My mom's going to come up and help me clean up that part in a little bit. But y'all know how y'all are. Just imagine how the women were looking at their plate and looked up at Esther's plate. <laughs> My, I got some special food. It's kind of like when Tanisha and I go out on like date nights. I'm a type of guy, I could walk up number six. Yeah. Tanisha's like, what's your special of the day? <laughs> what, what's the fish of the day? Oh, do they have sauce with that? What type of sauce? I could try the sauces. Have you tried it? Do you like it? 
I'm sitting there irritated. Just say you want the grilled chicken. She's like, no, let me have this sauce. Oh, okay, is it good? Okay, out of this one and that one, which one'd you pick? This is how my wife is, and I'm just sitting there like, thank you so much. But when she get her plate, <laughs> and I look at my number six, and I look at her special sauce, she like, favor, honey. <laughs> Somebody say special. Favor provides you with that which is special. The third thing that we can see from this text alone, we're just exegeting just two scriptures. We can see favor moves you. It moved her and her maids to the best place in harem. So favor will move you from your one-star struggles to your five-star accommodations. Talk, Lord. If you're Noah, it will move you from wrath coming to boarding the first cruise line caused Noah's Ark, favor. If you're David, it will move you from the pasture with sheep to the palace with servants, favor. If you're Ruth, it will move you from gleaning in the field to becoming the wife of the one who owns the field because favor has a way of moving you. And hear me, this is just one attachment of the virtuous woman. I'm trying so hard. Like when, when the men's conference happens, we're gonna have sessions about being faithful husbands and how to lead like kingdom men. But then also, we're really gonna strive. I was talking to my brother about this. I said, we need to strive to convince first men to be godly, number one. And then secondly, desire the virtuous woman, not the easy one. All claps going to go down, and that's okay. Like, first be godly yourself, bruh. Not brother, bruh. First be godly yourself, and then desire the virtuous, not the easy one. Because the virtuous woman, she comes with favor. The easy woman, she comes with what's fatal. Did y'all hear me? They come with two different things. One will add favor. The other will add things that are fatal to your esteem, to your perspective, to your hunger, to your confidence. That's being confident about what God said, said about you. And the way that she kills is with her mouth. Mm -hmm. She kills with her mouth because our mouth is either one of two things. It is either a delivery unit or a cemetery. When your mouth has the condition of a delivery unit, it produces life. When your mouth has the condition of a cemetery, it holds death. It house decaying things. When she talks to you, she causes for things to, in you to die. When she speaks life, I'm in the Bible all day, Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the sisters, you should just ask. If you marry, ask your husband and be ready for his response. <laughs> Is my mouth a delivery unit? <laughs> Somebody like, we're gonna have marital problems today. <laughs> I'm trying to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> we're not gonna have that conversation today. 
You should just ask. If that's too tough for you, ask, ask, your, ask your friends. Say, girl, just, is my mouth more like a, like a, like a delivery unit? It, it causes life when we talk? Or does it kind of like, kind of like a cemetery? Just, just, just dead stuff. I just talk and just stuff dies. And when they be like, girl, I ain't gonna lie, your mouth. <laughs> the virtuous woman could see a mirror that shows a flaw, not feel insecure, but feel grateful because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So when God shows, okay, even if I were to give you a godly man right now, you don't know how to talk to him. Because you don't know how to talk to people, period. Just think about the way you talk to you. Why would I give you one of my kings and you can't talk to the king and him? Maybe instead of you praying, God, win, you need to check the condition of your mouth. Do you know how to talk to him? See, now the brothers are like, amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to what, Paul? Their needs. Why? That it may benefit those who listen. So he says, let no unwholesome talk. The virtuous woman knows how to talk, who to talk to, and when to not talk. I'm not sorry, this is so good. I'm gonna keep my foot on here and I'm gonna put my foot on the gas even harder because we have a lot of women who claim they love Jesus, but you don't know how to talk to people. So I made this chart so that you can see it, okay? I want you to see the chart of this mouth, of how it works, okay? So first thing, that's right, I got a chart, but we can get this. Because there are a lot, I'm godly, I'm pre-wired for favor, but your mouth though. So first thing, there's the mouth, that mouth, Whatever you speak falls on ears. It goes in the mind. Then we rehearse what you said, and that affects our actions, and that cycle repeats. So let me break it down where we can really understand it. Your words are seeds. Your ears grab the seeds. Your mind is soil. And hear me, hear me. Soil is neutral. This dirt outside the church, it doesn't care if I plant a grass seed, apple seed, watermelon seed. The job of soil is to provide room and board for a seed and push the identity of that seed out. This is so powerful. You don't know what this seed will produce until it's been in the soil because soil is neutral. I provide room and board for a seed and I push the identity of this apple tree out. I push the identity of this watermelon seed out. Okay, so words are seeds. They go in our ear, then they fall on the soil of your mind. Hear me, your playlist is seeds. I can't stop cursing. Your playlist curse you out. Just me in the gym, I'm a bad beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep, beep. Then in church, man, I don't know why I can't stop cursing. You are paying a subscription of $12.99 for Apple Music to be cussed out 
and you don't know why you can't stop cursing out your mouth. Make it make sense. Okay. So after it goes into the soil, when you rehearse it, that's watering it. I remember last week you said this. I remember my mama said this. That's watering it. Watch me. So what are your actions? Your actions are the evidence of a seed that has matured. Your actions. Whatever seed, because your mouth, your words are seeds. Your ears grab the seeds. Your mind is the soil for the seeds. When you rehearse the seeds that were planted, then they can become your actions. What are actions? It is the evidence of seeds that have matured. So, if in your mind you keep on rehearsing, what if they do this? What if they did? What if they? What if they? Your actions are going to be paranoid. Because you rehearsed it. And don't be super church. I'm not paranoid. I got discernment. No. Paranoia is not discernment. Discernment is I see mold on that bread. It's bad. Paranoia is all bread's bad. Okay. If, if I keep on rehearsing in my mind, they're they, they going to hurt me too. They're going to hurt me too. Just like them, they're going to hurt me too. My actions will be avoidance. Because... Whatever you rehearse, that eventually is going to become your actions, okay? Because I know some man right now is probably like, Pastor, I'm totally checked out. Because my girl, I don't get nothing but favor. I don't get no favor. I get stressed. So what you talking, all I get is stress, no favor. Okay, let me talk to you for a second. This could happen for two reasons. Number one. Just because your girl is in church does not mean she's virtuous. Just like because you're in church with your Bible, that doesn't mean you love Jesus. Can I put my foot on the gas a little more? Peradventure, is it possible? Due to our obsession with bodily features and our limited observations of Christ-like character in her, we keep on drinking venom, not virtue. I just, just, just want to think for a second. We're logical. Let's think. My girl don't give me no type of favor. Okay. Uh, could it be she's not a virtuous woman? See, he got quiet. <laughs> could it be she's not virtuous? Or number two, could it be you don't get this spiritual upgrade without a covenant commitment. Remember, my girl just don't. She's not supposed to. She your girl. You don't get this spiritual upgrade without covenant. Somebody say covenant. That means marriage, if you don't understand what I'm talking about. You don't get this spiritual upgrade without covenant benefit. So... For the favor to kick in, other women have to be kicked out. But, I, but I, I'm not ready for marriage. Okay, that's fine. No, no problem with that. No problem. Some woman said, then leave me alone. <laughs> that, that's fine. You don't have to be. Okay? Just make sure you are not constructing uncertainties in her because you're not getting wife benefits because you haven't made a covenant commitment. There are certain things that are wife benefits. 
ladies, don't amen too hard. Because there are certain things that a husband benefits. Paying your bills, that's what husbands do. I don't care if you call me boo. I don't care if you call me zaddy. There, there are certain things. Paying bills, that's a husband benefit. Taking care of your car note, that's a husband benefit. Just like women, I told you both sides. Just like women are not nurses for bleeding men, okay? Men are not poverty eradication for lazy women. Both genders. So it's not only my sisters are you the favor factor in covenant, but you're also the good. Genesis 2, verse 18. Look at this. The Lord God said, it is not good. Somebody say good. good. For the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Go down to verse 22. Then the Lord God made a woman. Pause. It is not good for man to be alone. Then the Lord God made woman. The woman is the good. So this means God made Adam because he wanted to. But he made Eve because he had to. It's not good for him to be alone. So every woman, you are the good. You are the good. Now, as I begin to really ask God about this, I'm like, okay, I, I, always, want, I always want people to be spiritually edified and for there to be chains of lives broken when we come to church. Because hear me, sisters, you are called to be women of distinction. You are called to be women of purpose. You're called to be women of purity. You're called to be women who walk with God because the woman who walks with God will always reach her destination. You've walked with everything else. You've walked with doubt. You've walked with depression. You've walked with counterfeits. You've walked with suicidal thoughts. You've walked with anxiety. How about this time, walk with the king? You've walked with everything else. The woman who walks with God will always reach her destination. So I begin to think, okay, firemen, got you. What does that old serpent do, though, to my sisters? How does he keep daughters of Zion to stop burning? It's not men's fault. Don't think it's us. I looked at the text, and I saw this is the main weapon that hell uses on the woman. We're going to read it together. Genesis chapter 3, same text we read last Sunday. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more cunning. Please pay attention, y'all. I want to expose this. Remember I said one revelation, just one. Last week we learned about the revelation from men. 
Men, the enemy usually gets us with 3G. What is that? Girls, glory, gold. How does he handle the woman? Okay. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Look at this fool. <laughs> then the serpent said to the woman, that's cat. You, you, you won't surely die. For God just knows the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye. Watch this. A tree desirable to make one wise. She took of his fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. The verses that I want us to really tune in on are verses 4 and 5. When this serpent says, that's cap, you won't surely die. <laughs> God just knows the day you eat that, you're going to be like him, knowing the good and the evil. To put a little context, Eve is the finest woman on planet Earth. She has no flaws. She is perfect. Hair, perfect. Eyebrows on fleek. Amen. That means they're arched. <laughs> Breath, sweet. There's nothing offensive then. She is perfect. Everything is just right. But what does that old serpent do when everything is just right? You finally got the right prayer life. Somebody say just right. <clears throat> right prayer life and right perspective and right community and right heart and right devotion. He sends you the wrong conversations. You won't surely die. What is he saying to Eve? You're not enough. What's the weapon that still to this day is plaguing sisters from, for burning on fire? For Jesus, you believe what that old serpent said, you're not enough. You're not pretty enough, not smart enough, not old enough, not young enough, not pure enough. Look at your body count, not forgiven enough, not honest enough, not holy enough. And when you believe that you're not enough, similar to our mother Eve, will eat forbidden fruit given to us by snakes. So we bite into fornication. We bite into same-sex sin. We bite into hookah. We bite into depression. Justifying this doesn't make us feel more secure, but it took me further away from the one that gives me organic and true security. The tactic that the enemy is doing on the woman is he wants you to feel like you're not enough. You're not enough. I promise you, there's certain relationships you never would have been in if you didn't view yourself as not enough. 
I promise you, there are certain thoughts that are going off in your head. You wouldn't entertain if you stop believing the lies of insecurity. That's why you won't try. That's why you won't write the book. That's why you can't love back. Because it's not that God is not speaking to you. It's just because insecurity is so loud. Maybe this is why you're so slow when it comes to obedience. Because before you can obey the Holy Spirit, you have to first have a counseling session with your insecurity. What you think? How would they feel about it? Would they like it? How was my hair when I did that? How did I look at this? I don't like the way my chin looked with that. I, I don't like the way my shape looked with that. And so, because you have to book a session and get counseled by insecurity, you won't listen to the counsel of the Holy Spirit when he is the wonderful counselor. Insecurity, insecurity, insecurity. We're going to add fire to that today. We're going to add fire to that to burn it up because what God put on the inside of you was not meant to go to the cemetery with you. And far be it from us that we have another stillborn season because we let insecurity be our midwife. Far be it from us that we entertain distractions because we're insecure. Hear me, church family. A focused fool can accomplish more than a distracted genius. You can't focus because you don't feel like you're not enough. Don't publish it because you feel like it's not enough. At the end of the day, it comes between these two choices. You believe God or not. Or not. I tried to get us to see this on Therapy Thursday, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you believe God was telling the truth? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Do you believe that God was telling the truth? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you believe that God is telling the truth? Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you believe that God is telling the truth? Psalms chapter 139 verse 14, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderful made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well women use your sword because to believe the lies of insecurity is the zipper that ensures that Satan secures his bag I want us to see this Tiffany come here real quick I want us to see this where we could kind of get a picture of what I believe this looks like, okay? Y'all clap it up for Tiffany. Just hold this for me. So she is a woman of God. So what God does first is I have to put the word in your heart. I have to put my word in your heart. Would you believe my word versus culture's lies, okay? Put my word in your heart, and then I give you dreams. Some dreams, ooh, some dreams God gave you. Yeah. 
Not all of them, because some of them are cray-cray. <laughs> but some dreams God gave you. Oftentimes what dreams can be is a snapshot of your harvest if you faint not. I give you dreams. That's my preferred will for your life. And since I'm a good father, I got gifts for you. You can teach. I got more gifts for you. You can worship. You can, like you have the gift of intercession. I have all of these gifts that I'm putting on the inside of you because I want you to be powerful, because I want you to be mighty. What insecurity does, though, is insecurity. Somebody say, is the zipper. Each time you believe a lie, you ain't nothing. That won't work. That's not good enough. That's not going to birth anybody to get stronger. That's not going to cause for people to get close to Christ. You look stupid. Why are you doing that? Insecurity zips up what God put in you so that hell could secure. You won't go to the grave like that. Who am I talking to? We don't know how gifted you are because your gifts are stuck on the inside of you, you won't give birth to them. You know why? Because the zipper of insecurity. The podcast, I don't have the equipment, I don't have this. You won't give birth to it, you know why? The zipper of insecurity. And each time you believe the lie, you limit somebody else of being free from something. Hear me, your obedience is for somebody else's deliverance. I just use my life as a testimony. Me saying yes, you're gleaning right now from sound doctrine because I said yes years ago. How many more yeses do we have in the room? So everything that I put on the inside of you is not meant for you. Give it to me. It's meant for you to give back to that sister. It's meant for you to give back to that brother. It's meant for you to give back to that community. All the gifts I put on inside of you, hear me, they're not for you. So you don't have a right to say what you will or not do with it because your gifts are not yours. Gosh, I'm trying to get us to get this. The only part of this that God wants you to never get rid of is his word. The flowers may fade. Everything of this life will pass away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Is this good? Yeah. Thanks so much, sis. Come on, I want to um, just give you, just, I want to just give you three points. Sorry, I didn't help you up. I'll clap it's it up okay, for okay. I want to just give you three points. I said, okay, you're going to have to hit this because there's certain things that are more digestible for a woman to receive than if they just hear from me, okay? So I, I, three points, how do we conquer this not enough, this, this insecurity? Number one, choose what you believe. You have the choice. Choose what you will believe. Number two, after you choose what you believe, affirm what you believe. If you hang around people who don't affirm what you believe, you will start to question your belief. Mm -hmm. I can't wait till we do this series this year called Defense. It's going to be all about defending your faith. 
No Jehovah Witness, no Muslim, nobody should cause you to question what you believe because you don't know the Bible for yourself. We need more Christians who are able to say, no, I believe this because it is written in Psalms. I believe this because it is written. You, you choose what you believe, affirm what you believe, and this is the hardest part. Unlearn what you have believed. Yeah. Excellent. This is so good, y'all. I make the choice of what I'm going to believe. I affirm what I'm going to believe. And I learn what you have believed. Mm -hmm. Talk to us. All right. Now, you all, all of this is God calling us back to his order, his original order, right, when he created man. So, ladies, you have a certificate, right? You received it when you, when you came in. Would you pull it out? All the ladies, you have a certificate. I'm going to really just go through what... Um, What's in your hand? Because we want this deposited into your heart. Yes. Everybody say order. Order. So God's calling us back to this place of our indigenous purpose, the original plan of God, the original intent of God for his creation. So yes, last week our lead pastor and Will talked about the position of the man, yes. the male seed, the husband, the father. And granted for all of us, we understand that God called him king. He put him in position. God has not changed his mind. He governs, he rules. God has called him the priest in the home. So he's the intercessor. Come on. He is protecting his family. And then he is called the prophet, the one who sees, the, the one who oversees what's going on in the family. But this is the deal. He needs power. He needs help. So our lead pastor has talked about the fact that God created the woman. He went inside of Adam and took out of him a rib. And from the rib, he fashioned woman. Everybody say womb man. So Adam was not confused. He did not have another seed carrier. He did not have another male. He didn't have a man. That's not what God presented to him. God presented to him a womb man, man with a womb, Isha. And God said now, when, when lead pastor just mentioned, God said, it is not good for Adam to be alone. Yeah. That word good, one of the Hebrew meanings of the word good, it means it is not good for him to be without power. The helper that God created for him came with power. She came with the ability to meet his needs. Now we're talking about within the confines of covenant, within the confines of marriage, that wife is created and she is designed to meet his needs. Not Billy's needs, not Jimmy's needs, right? Not Harry's needs, but her husband's needs. She's designed and fully equipped to meet his needs. Understand she was created to help, she came with power. She was created to adapt. She was created to complement. She was created to help him develop in his manhood. It's not good for him to be alone. It wasn't a monkey that he needed. It wasn't a baboon that he needed. It wasn't a giraffe that he needed. It wasn't a pig that he needed. He needed a womb man. God gave him a woman. Y'all need to say just amen. God gave him a woman. So in other words, I understand while my husband is king governing, while he is priest interceding and protecting, and while he, he is the prophet, he's the visionary, he's overseeing, he needs power. And I am the good that God created 
to make sure that everything God created him to do, he is able to do it. So I understand this, ladies, all of us, God created us a good thing. We're not an evil thing. We're not a bad thing. We're not an ugly thing. He created us a good thing. So to be a woman of high moral standing is a choice. I choose to stand out as a woman who is morally excellent, which simply means that my body is for my husband. Let's go back. Not, not to Billy, not to Timmy, not to Jimmy, not to Peter. My body is for my husband. Ooh, wee. Your beauty transcends, come on, your beauty transcends your bodily appearance. Yes. Simply your worth and your value transcends your boobs and your booty, your hair and your lashes. You are so much more than your outer exterior. Now, we might flaunt that, but I said this to all of our ladies. When you take off the weed, when you take off the lashes, uh-oh, when, when, when you remove those, those colored contact lenses, when you start pulling off stuff, do you know who you really are? And can you feel good about who God created you to be when you don't have the weave, when you don't have the lashes, when you're not wearing a push-up bra? Can you still feel good about who God created you to be? He created you to be morally excellent. We need to know this. You are so much more. The inner beauty, the hidden man of the heart is what God favors. You see, I can look good on the outside and be rotten to the core on the inside. Yeah. I can have an attitude. They showed me yesterday how to catch air. I started to figure out, what, what, what is that? How to catch air, how to be ratchet, how to be ghetto, how to be low in my thinking. But to stand higher and to be the woman that God created us to be, understand that is a choice. It is not based upon how I look externally. It's how I look on the inside. And that's what God wants is that beauty on the inside. And understand this, you, you, you can walk around and say, well, I'm mean because of menopause. And that's a lie. Yeah, you couldn't say that. Okay, so, so, <laughs> so I'm mean because I'm going through my menstrual, and that's a lie. And we have to own this. I'm mean because I choose to be. I'm irritated because I choose to be. Listen, I am in this place because I, choo I can choose to be righteous or I can choose to be ratchet. I can choose to be kind and loving or I can choose to be mean. I can choose to be holy or I can choose to be seductive. And there's no other creature throughout all of biblical history that has taken down a man other than a female. The devil has always used a female. For some reason, he gets captivated by that booty and those boobs. <laughs> Y'all, listen, don't even look guilty. Look, look. <laughs> Somehow he gets captivated. Biblical, understand this. Biblical beauty and womanhood is a byproduct of a woman's quest to glorify God in all things. Yeah. We're women on fire because we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. We're women on fire because we want to be Satan's worst nightmare. Mm. Biblical beauty and womanhood is a byproduct of a woman's quest to glorify God in all things. You have the grace to be godly. Yes. You have the grace to be kind. You do have the grace to rise above the wickedness of the culture. You have the grace to be morally excellent and understand that with that moral excellence comes power. You have the grace to be pure. You have the grace to stand higher. You have the grace to never conform or acquiesce to insecurity or a poor self 
image. God created us confident women. Listen, whatever happened in my past, that does not rob me of the security that God gave me. Stuff happened in all of our past that we don't feel good about. But listen, it serves to the shaping of me, the making of me, the building of me. It reinforces God's plan for my life. My past does not take me down. It is a tutor. I learned from it, but it is not my counselor. We understand this. And the Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. In other words, I am not going to allow my past to torment me or dictate my plans today, my choices today, my relationships today. I will not allow my past to govern who I am today. It is just that. It is my past. I learned from it, but I ain't going to let it torment me. What did you say? You said it's a tutor, not a counselor? It's not my counselor. I just learned from it. That is good. That is good. She said it. Y'all see where I get it from, right? (laughs) Okay. You're going to interrupt me or I'm going to keep going? Okay. So, listen, I'm not going to acquiesce to insecurity. I understand God. Listen, lady, God created you with power. He created you with class. He created you with grace and with virtue. And now it's time for us to get back in order and exemplify God's original plan for us. That's what this is all about. You see, the king cannot rule without help. And that priest cannot intercede without help. And that prophet cannot oversee without help. And I'm the help. It is. Listen, do you know the Holy Spirit is the helper? He's the third person of the triune Godhead. He has been given to us to empower us to carry out an assignment. So God put the woman in league with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is helping, woman is helping. This is why a man needs to understand this. You need a helper, not a bed partner. Come on. Listen, you you can pick any number, and Proverbs 7 talks about it all day long. You can pick any number of folk, females, who will drop it like it's hot. A morally Excellent woman ain't giving you nothing. (laughs) She ain't giving you nothing. Not a taste, not a smell, not a whiff, not a touch. She ain't giving you nothing. Why? Because she understands her value. And it does transcend the rubies. Her wealth is so much greater than the monetary, the materialistic. And when you come to know who you really are, From God's perspective, you won't settle for anything less than a godly man. Listen, he's not a prospect. He's not a candidate. Don't even, listen, you'll tell him, don't even look over here. (laughs) Ladies, y'all ought to be clapping. (laughs) Now, this is what's happened. We have have bought into culture. We feel like everybody's doing it. He won't want me unless I give him some. What would happen if you refrained from giving him some so that you could see who he really is? <laughs> so you can see who he really is. And I'll repeat this until I die. Any person who will tell you to go against God is not a candidate. Because a godly man, a godly man will never ask you to go against God. And God says, flee youthful lust. I'm almost done. He only called me up here just to add a little fire to the fire that was already up. <laughs> grace to be morally excellent. Ladies, say, I have the grace, have the grace. To, be to be morally excellent. excellent. Come on, I have the grace, have the grace. To, be to be pure. I have grace, I have grace. to stand higher. Stand higher. I, have I have the grace 
to never succumb to a poor self-image. You see, it wasn't just Adam that God created in his image and after his likeness. God created you, woo man, after his image and after his likeness. I think this is the final point. You are the good. We said that. But you got to believe it. When I don't believe I'm worth it, when I don't believe I'm good, when I don't believe that, that I am a masterpiece, when I don't believe good things about myself, when I believe, lead pastors, when I believe the lies of the devil, then I will act out that behavior. Yeah. But when I see I am the good God created to help, to endure, to hope, to adapt, to rise, to soar, when I see that I am a masterpiece, I'm nothing cheap, I'm priceless, then I begin to stand up and be the person that God created me to be. Come on, woman of virtue. It bears repeating. It bears repeating. You have to love you. We're all flawed. We came here with some weaknesses, but you can still love the you that God created you to be. And when you love me, then you're free to love others. Listen, why are we hateful? Why are we mean-spirited? Why do we have an attitude? Why are we jealous because you don't love you? You see, when I love me, I don't have any reason to be jealous of another sister. I will compliment her, encourage her. I will build her because I know who I am. And you see, when you meet me, you have met God's best. <laughs> when you meet me, you have met God's best. And I can say that being a woman who battled with low self-esteem and inferiority and the filth of the past. And then God used all of that to shape me and to mold me. And he'll do the same for you. Insecurity is a lie of the devil. It simply means that you have no confidence in the you God created. It further means that you're filled with anxiety. You see, and the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you let every request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. You're called to be morally excellent. And now we're going to make the shift. Here it is. We're going to make the shift. So maybe I have been misbehaving. Maybe I bought into a lie. Maybe I didn't feel good about myself. Maybe I made some unwise choices. Maybe I got hooked up with some, some jokers that I had no business being hooked up to, but now that's over. Amen. And you have to resolve in your heart, ladies, stand up. You got to go, brother. <laughs> you got to go. Boy, some, I, I feel some brothers getting mad at me. <laughs> you got to go. God called me for greater, called me to stand higher, yes. called me to help called me to be virtuous, gave me power, called me with an excellent spirit, given me the grace that I need to do what he has called me to do. Listen, it's all about the reestablishment of our families. Yeah. Our men taking their rightful priestly position in the home, right? Yeah. And then our women entering into that place that God called us to enter in. You're better than being his girlfriend. Y'all missed that. You're so much more than that. Ooh, Lord have mercy. You're more than the next orgasm or sexual encounter. You're so much more. Refuse to give him his next orgasm. See what he does. <laughs> oh, why are you looking like that? Refuse it. 
one, this little Valentine thing is coming up. Don't buy into that, right? You ain't gonna play his game, right? If he really wants you, if he's a godly man, right, he will respect the standard. And no godly man is going to ask you to bow low. Oh, Lord have mercy. I need to stop because, see, I, we just got out of a woman's fellowship. And we, the ladies, we had a serious talk. And, uh, sir, I probably should turn it back over to you because oh, you came up. <laughs> You came up here and just <laughs> flamethrowed. <laughs> yeah, we're talking it, about fire, right? It's equality. It's yeah. equality. We could have a Sunday, last Sunday, dedicated to challenging and charging our men. Mm -hmm. We need the sisters as well. Yeah. So, so similar to how um, Will did the prayer, I just want you to pray for every sister. Overflow, I hope that you're standing too. Yeah. Um, you have this certificate. Yeah. I want you to sign it, frame it. Um, but I, I really want to remind you that you are the good. Yes. Yeah. He made us because yeah. he wanted to. Yeah. But he made you because he had to. Because yeah. he, Adam, could not fulfill God's plan for his life yeah. without that woman. Yeah. But notice the context. God said, therefore shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto his, his wife, and the two become one. He said wife, not common law, not shacking, not call me when you need some, his wife. And the two become one. What a mighty army. Ladies, God gave us power. While I understand the crucial role of the male seed, the male seed cannot do what God put him here to do without us. That's why God said it's not good. It is not beneficial to the fulfillment of his purpose that he be alone. And so that he can fulfill his purpose, I'm going to create for him the help that he needs, the power that he needs, the favor that he needs. It's in her. It is in you. And like me, I'm sure the devil lied to you. I'm sure you've gone through some stuff that you don't even want to tell anybody about. But that doesn't disqualify us. Remember, we've learned this over and over. God knows the worst about us, and yet he still made choice of us. We are the chosen. So yeah, I messed up. And listen, God has said this is what, what helps us all enter into a place of security and a place of peace, knowing that we mess up. When we mess up, we understand, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And when I confess my sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive me for every sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I didn't do it right. Some of us, I didn't know. Young ladies, listen to me. The kind of teaching that you all are receiving and the examples that you all have before you. Many of us didn't have that. We didn't get the level of teaching that you're receiving. We didn't get the examples that you see before you. It was hard. And we bought into culture. And for the rest of our lives, many of us, please understand, you see, God doesn't remove consequences. He provides grace. But many of us today, we're living, trying to recover from choices that we made because we just didn't know. Nobody taught us. 
But thank God that he has forgiven us. He has made choice of us. Come on. And he washes us. So now, and I'm, I'm going to give you all this. This is the prayer that I prayed for years because I felt like I was not as good as other women because of my past and things that happened growing up. And God said, there is therefore now no condemnation. To those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we don't walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And so I'm not tormented by the mistakes of my past, the sins of my past, you see. I'm not tormented by the mistakes of yesterday, the choices of yesterday. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation. And now today is the first day of your life because we choose to forget those things that are behind, right? Amen. We're not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. We've been washed with the washing of the water of his word. And he whom the Son hath made free is free indeed. Now God, we thank you as your daughters, as the sisterhood, as mothers and grandmothers and aunts, God as the womb man. We stand in your presence, oh God, and we're in awe that you would create us and put us in such a powerful position. God, that you have called us the good, the very element that the man needs to rule as king and to rule as priest and to rule as prophet in the family. God, you made us the incubators, the life givers. So that now, Father, we can assist that seed carrier in doing what you created him to do. We thank you, Lord God, that we're washed so we're not tormented by our past, past choices, past mistakes, past sins. God, we're not tormented. You have not given us the spirit of torment or fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We thank you that you sent forth the spirit of adoption into our hearts. And God, you filled us up with the Holy Ghost and fire. You sealed us by the Holy Spirit of promise. We thank you, God, that you uphold us by the word of your power. And the devil has nothing on us and he has nothing in us. We thank you that you've declared us innocent, guiltless, and blameless. God, we glory in you that we will not acquiesce to the culture, to the lives of the enemy. We thank you that because of the Christ in us, we're more than enough. Oh God, yes, we're sufficient. You've given us grace that enables us to be the sufficiency in our homes. God, we thank you that you've given us a peace that transcends all human understanding. So every woman is able to say, not torment, but great is my peace and undisturbed composure because I love your law. Thank you, Lord God, that now we fall in love with you. And as we fall in love with you, God, we're able to love ourselves. And as we love ourselves, we're able to love our sisters. God, thank you that you're delivering us from envy and malice and jealousy and strife. No more, oh God, because your love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which we have of you. And we thank you, Lord God, that the hope that we have in you keeps us from ever being brought to open shame or embarrassment. And God, I pray that every sister who has yet to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, with the evidence of praying in the Spirit, I pray, oh God, that you will fill her. And I pray, oh God, that she will desire the ministry of the Holy Spirit like never before, knowing that he is our organizer, our enabler, our sanctifier, our director. He's our guide. He's our keeper. And the same help, God, you called us to extend to our husbands. God, we thank you that the Holy Spirit extends help to us, our paracletus, our aid, our support, our guide. 
Oh, Spirit of the living God, we believe you to do it. God, we have wept long enough. We have regretted long enough. God, we have felt bad about ourselves long enough. And now, oh God, we come to you. And when we leave this place on today, God, we thank you that we'll experience that cleansing, that washing, that purifying. You give us a zeal for you according to knowledge and the zeal for your house, the things of God will lead us up again. God, you created us clean hearts to renew the right spirit within us. You purge us with a hyssop. God, we worship you. And woman of God, if you're already filled with the Holy Ghost, can you pray in the spirit with me? Come on, do it loud. Be courageous and be bold with it. Oh yes, Oh yes, Oh God, feel my sister and feel that mother, oh God, and that grandmother, so that when we fall on our faces before you, oh God, and we don't know how to pray as we should, we thank you that the Holy Spirit will make intercession in and through us with groanings which cannot be articulated or known by the natural mind. And every woman who desires to be filled to the overflowing, oh God, do it. So that your word will go forth like a mighty hammer, like launderer's soap, like a refiner's fire, like rivers of living water, oh God. Those of you who are already saved, listen, you're already sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Many of you are already filled with the Holy Spirit. You just have to trust God for your prayer language because there'll be times when you won't know what to say when you're praying. And the Holy Spirit will pray in and through you. And the Bible says we pray according to God's perfect will for the saints. He's an awesome God. Don't we love him today? Come on, don't we love him today? Hallelujah. Come on, don't we love him today? He's been good to us. He did not allow us to die in our sins. Come on, don't we love him today? God's been good to us. Hallelujah. Just know that you're forgiven. Hallelujah. You're accepted. Amen. You belong to God, sealed by that Holy Spirit. I'm grateful to God. Come on, ladies, one more time. Let's bless the Lord.